Hello and welcome to episode 373 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan, as always joined by Evan Silva. Also today, joined longtime friend of the show, king of the awards, king of the waiver wire. You know him, you love him, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan, how are you, buddy? Good, man. Pleasure to be back, gentlemen. Indeed, pleasure to have you, Evan. Ryan Reynolds looks like he's uh, broadcasting live from Sing Sing. Uh, are you uh, are you uh, in the same cell uh, cell block as Billy Walters? <laughs> no, no, they they got me in isolation here, man. <laughs> if you guys, <laughs> if you guys aren't aware, you can view these shows on YouTube if you can stand to see our disgusting faces. And yes, Ryan's background does look like a prison, but he's in good shape, no matter what. Evan, good afternoon. How's it going? It's going great. Uh, in, I think early April, we did a, a win total show. We're going to do another one June, sometime before the season. But today, we're going to be talking about awards. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to yeah. be a fun show. It, Ryan has this down to, I mean, he's had some killer takes on awards over the last couple of years. Yeah, Mar- market is soft, man. Uh, awards market is soft, and you can build a portfolio. So what, what I like to do is start betting some long shots, start getting some really good numbers early in the year, and then... As the year goes on, Ryan continues to follow the market and write about it. There's just really soft. Anyways, as Evan mentioned on today's show, we're going to be talking awards. We're talking MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, et cetera, et cetera. Before we get into all that, I got to start here. This summer, you're going to hear a ton about fantasy rankings, about hot takes, and, and honestly, like so much of it is just straight up bullshit. Like Anyone with an internet connection can come up with rankings for fantasy football. And, and that's what's happened. You know, that's cool. I just, I can't stress enough how seriously we take the process. Evan and I put together this entire team of analysts and data virgins to follow and analyze the news so we can keep our rankings and projections in a good place as we approach the season. Like we're constantly debating all the rankings, projections we have for the players, how they pair, how they fit against each other. And like, that's the basis for all of our own drafts best ball, season-long props, et cetera. You know, that's what we're using for all of this. We have two versions of the draft kit on sale now. There's a $29 version, which covers season-long drafts only, which is basically like what you need for like your home league against your buddies. Then there's a $49 pro version, everything in the draft kit, plus season-long props, dynasty, best ball, and then in-season, rest of season 150. For the love of God, help me feed my kids, $49 for the pro version. Finally, This podcast is indeed sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. They have $10 million best ball tournament this season, $25 buy-in. Anyone who gets our draft kit pro, I repeat, if you get the pro version of the draft kit, whether you have an underdog account yet or not, you'll get a free $10 in your account. More details on that coming in June. If you do need an underdog account, $10, I'm sorry, matching deposit bonus up to $100. Take their money, use our rankings. It actually is a ton of fun to do underdog drafts. All right, awards. Ryan, let's get into your into it here at the MVP market. We know, historically speaking, you almost have to be a quarterback to win MVP. I understand Adrian Peterson won it once, but man, I, I can't fathom betting on anything except a quarterback to win the MVP. Ryan, can you make a case for any non-quarterback or you just scratch off all the non-quarterbacks on the list for MVP? For me, especially before the season, I just ignore them entirely. In season, if someone's going crazy, like last year, Cooper Cup at least put himself in a position where he was, wasn't drawn dead at it. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, you know, if he didn't win, if Randy Moss didn't win in 2007, I'm pretty much 
going to ignore that at least before the season. Favorite in this market is Josh Allen at seven to one on DraftKings. And by the way, I'm going to refer to DraftKings prices here. Ryan has done some line shopping. Also, though, there's some wide, wide, wide ranges. And by the way, if you go to establishrun.com slash offers, you'll see ways to get on all these books that have these way like I'll talk about some prices that I got before and Ryan will talk about some too. There's just huge discrepancies. And that's one of the reasons it's so soft. But anyways, on DraftKings, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady are the top five choices to be your MVP. I think looking, there's not a lot of value on those at this point. I don't think, I think we want to be taking shots on some longer shots. Ryan, what are your general thoughts right now on the MVP market? Uh, I agree with you there. Uh, Right now is the time to take long shots. And then uh, once we get closer to the season, maybe take, maybe back something up with some of the favorites that have easy schedule runs to start the season with. For instance, Aaron Rodgers is a pretty attractive opening schedule. But uh, two long shots I'm interested in. We've talked about this before. Uh, Jalen Hurts is still at a good price. You get him at 45 to 1 at Fox Bet, 40 to 1 on Caesars. They open in Detroit. They host the Vikings on Monday Night Football. Then they go to Washington. Then they host Jacksonville. Three and one sounds very reasonable. Mm-hmm. They have the second easiest schedule um, out of anyone in the whole league in general. The The issue with Hertz is um, I, a long time ago, I bought my first car with the proceeds of Aaron Rodgers' rookie cards. I was buying them when he was when he was sit, sitting behind Favre. So I've been, I've been looking at quarterbacks for financial purposes for a long time. Hertz is a very unique case for me because when he was at Alabama, I thought he was essentially a cross-off, you know, like a six-round project quarterback. Then we went to Oklahoma. All of a sudden, this guy actually looked like he could pass at an NFL rate. With Doug Peterson two years ago, he, he was pretty he was pretty effective in both phases. And then last year, the Eagles ended up shifting towards a more run-heavy offense, largely because he was struggling. I think we, we all think that uh, – the Eagles want to be a more pass-heavy offense, so Hurts is going to have the opportunity to do that. And if he can, if he can keep Nick Sirianni on track there, meaning if he can run the system he wants by playing good enough, I think he's an interesting MVP candidate. Uh, Evan, I think you were on this one already, but forty-five to one still out there. And this is what I mean by line shopping: forty-five to one on Fox, forty to one on Caesars, eighteen to one on DraftKings. I would not be taking Jalen Hurts at eighteen to one. I will be taking him at forty-five to one. And by the way, Evan, today they added James Bradbury. They, they added A.J. Brown. I mean, this Eagles team could be very good. To win the yeah. MVP, you have to win 11, 12, 13 games, I think. And the Eagles, I think, at least have a chance to. Where are you at on Jalen Hurts right now? Yeah, very winnable division, too. A lot of, a lot of good division games that they can capitalize on. Um, their roster looks loaded right now, both offensively and defensively. I mean, I think that they have a strong supporting uh, starting lineup on defense, except for one spot, like on the back end, uh, at safety, maybe slot corner. Um, but I think that they'll be rolling Avante Maddox at slot corner. And they'll probably feel pretty good about that. They're going to have to get be able to get after the pass. So you remember, there are check marks that we boxes that we want to check for MVP votes. We want they have to play quarterback. They have to be you know a, a dynamic player with a lot of upside. They have to be, and they have to play on a team that has a chance to be really good, mm-hmm. you know, to, to be a factor late in the season. And, I mean, I think he checks all those boxes. I took this at 40-1 to 1 earlier on at, on DraftKings. That was before they acquired A.J. Brown. I mean, they, they've got an awesome offensive line. they got Dallas Goddard coming back, Devontae Smith in his second season. You know, it's just 
it's kind of a fun team to bet on. And I mean, I, you know, betting on Jalen Hurts to win MVP also correlates well with the over on their eight and a half wins, mm-hmm. um, which I think is down to uh, minus 150. Um, so not the greatest juice, but um, I don't know. I could see that I could see it moving up to nine. So all the Eagles stuff has come down. Like there was Eagles to win the NFC East at plus 350. Now it's plus 190. And so like everything's coming down, but the Hertz line didn't come down specifically on Caesars and Fox. So just wanted to put that out there. The Matt Ryan one that Ryan mentioned is interesting. Obviously, Matt Ryan changing teams. He's 40 to one on Draft Kings. You can get 60 to one, I believe, on FanDuel and Caesars. I mean, Ryan, the AFC is absolutely loaded. I think Matt Ryan is very close to the cliff. So I would probably need 60 to one here to bet this. But what do you think about the Matt Ryan stuff? Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, The AFC, as to Evan's point, I'd prefer to bet on long shots in the NFC because I think there's an easier path to winning the conference, to being the top seed, being a top two seed. That's why Trey Lance is interesting there too, if he can hold on to his job. Mm -hmm. But for Ryan, 61 is a good price because the Colts are in the driver's seat to win the division, I feel. They're in a good spot. We've seen Carson Palmer in the past and uh, Kurt Warner go to Arizona and put together a good like second resurgence. So I think that's at least in the range of outcomes for Ryan. But like you said, to your point, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Josh Allen, that's a lot of that's a lot of teams that teams and quarterbacks that he has to one, compete with in a wins loss record standpoint, and two, be as productive as. So I'm I don't think he's gonna win, but I think he's too cheap at sixty to one. Evan, any thoughts on the Colts in general? Do you think they're the best team in that division? Well, I think that Matt Ryan checks our, our our boxes here, at least two boxes. He plays quarterback, and I think the Colts have a chance to be a good team. But I just wonder about the upside. And I agree with Ryan here that Matt Ryan should be more like 40 to 1 maybe. Right. Um, but I, I think this one's going to be a pass for me personally. But, I mean, I I, I get it. Yeah. You know, he, he he's he's priced too long. The the age model certainly does not like uh, yeah. Matt Ryan for sure, but yeah, yeah I mean the, the the offense is going to be built around Jonathan Taylor. I think you almost need a situation where like Jonathan Taylor gets hurt and Naheem Hines takes over and they start like spinning it. You know, they, yeah. they start th- start throwing the piss out of it. Yep, yeah, that makes sense for sure. Um, let's go to offensive player of the year. Now this is very different, Ryan. MVP is almost exclusively quarterbacks. Offensive player of the year. I guess they created this award so that non-quarterbacks could win something cool. What do you think generally about this market? What, should, what kind of players should we be looking for in offensive player of the year, Ryan? I, I usually stay away from it because sometimes the MVP just wins the offensive player of the year yeah. as well. Sometimes they give it to someone like Cooper Cup last year where it's essentially like, oh, you're not a quarterback, but you're the best player otherwise, so here. Yeah. Um, when, you look at, when you look at odds, though, for instance, Devontae Adams is 12 to 1, Nick Chubb 16 to 1, so... When I see someone like Justin Jefferson at 30 to 1, 40 to 1, where we're gonna be we're gonna have him as a top two, top three wide receiver all yeah. all all offseason. Yeah. That that's at least worth putting a sprinkle on. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. I, like it. I mean, Justin Jefferson is one of the best players in the NFL, regardless of position, you know, in my opinion. And like Ryan said, guys that uh, are we know from fantasy, I think are worse, are priced, you know, ridiculously higher. 40 to 1 on Justin Jefferson for sure. Evan, some guy, a guy we talked about last time was Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones to win Offensive Player of the Year is 100, 100 to one. In other words, for you guys that don't bet too much, that means 100, that means 100 times your money 
is, yeah. is what it means. So put down I mean, 100 you make, and you're, you're in position to win 10K. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we talked about Aaron Jones a lot last pod, but just to reiterate, Evan, go ahead on Aaron Jones at 100 to 1. It, it just looks like he's going to be their wide receiver one and their RB one. And, you know, the offense is going to flow through Aaron Jones this year. I mean, and and I, I just started to cut you off. And the Packers are going to be very good. Like losing Devontae Adams, like they're, yeah. they have an awesome defense that they can win 11, 12, 13 games, yeah. no problem. The division is still, I mean, they're, yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted to mention a few super long shots for MVP, though. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Zach Wilson, 150 to 1. Oh, baby. I don't know, I don't know if, I, if I believe in Zach Wilson. You know, I, I don't know if the Jets are necessarily – uh, totally sold on him but I do know that they have put him in position like they're gonna we're gonna know what Zach Wilson is after this year and they have set him up to succeed uh Greg Cosell has talked about this that uh the or uh, it was Daniel Jeremiah actually who's who's best friends with Joe Douglas who runs the the Jets the idea behind collecting like they have three tight ends you know they paid for the two they drafted another one um, and they're really deep at, at receiver, even uh, on down to like Braxton Berrios, who showed quite a bit last year, I, I think, had, had a really nice season when he was given opportunities. But, you know, the the complexion of, of the offense kind of changes. You get Garrett Wilson in there, Corey Davis, his role kind of changed. He's not, he's not going to be relied on to be the alpha number one anymore. And we've seen him have success in that that true number two role. And then Elijah Moore is a guy who could really take off this season. He uh, coming out of college, he reminded me a lot of Doug Baldwin, um, that, that sort of player. I think we're going to see him in the slot quite a bit. Um, Zach Wilson is, he does have dynamic talent. Um, it's just, he has a problem succeeding within the structure of the offense. Even if you go back and watch him in college, like he would make highlight real plays. They would all be like, second reaction, you know, off platform. Uh, and that, that's not really what you want in a, um, a Mike LaFleur offense. Mike LaFleur comes from uh, the Kyle Shanahan tree. You think Kyle Shanahan, like his favorite quarterback of all time is Kirk Cousins because he plays within the structure of the offense. Um, so, I, I mean, there, there's definitely reason to doubt this. Uh, the Jets might not be very good also. Although if Zach Wilson is good, then the Jets are going to be good. And then he could potentially be in the crosshairs for MVP. I also looked at Trevor Lawrence, 80 to one and Justin Fields at 80 to one as well. Yeah. Zach Wilson one is tough for me in the, in the AFC. I don't think that I'll be taking that, but I'll, I'll raise you one that people will hate equally, equally as much as Zach Wilson. What about Daniel Jones, hundred to one to win the MVP plays in the NFC heads on the Josh Allen trajectory. Adam just will not give it up with anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Anyways, anything else on uh, offensive rookie of the year? We mentioned Justin Jefferson, I think is really good at 40 to one. Aaron Jones, 100 to one. Any other offensive player of the years you guys want to mention? No, Jefferson was the one that really stuck out to me. And Evan's idea of Jones is also, I'm doing best balls now in part so I can get Aaron Jones in the third round. So I'm, right. I'm very interested in that. Nice. Too. Aaron Jones in the third round is egregious. And by the way, I, I don't I, I don't disagree with Evan that Zach Wilson, it's like now or never. I think in some of these underdog drafts and also in some of these two quarterback systems, like Daniel Jones and Zach Wilson to me are two of my favorite targets for that like QB two slash three range in those formats where best ball or where you can start to. Go to one of my favorite markets, man. And I love this one. I don't know how Ryan feels. This is probably my favorite one. It's coach of the year. Cause like, it's just so funny. Like, you know, 
a guy can do a great job, but but if he won 14 games last year and he wins 14 games again this year, well, he's probably not winning, right? So you're looking for like delta between like you need a team who's the public perceives his team as bad, but it's actually good is basically what you're looking for. As at least for me, Ryan, what do you look for in coach of the year market? Great. I mean, we bet on Dan Campbell on the same day without talking to each other. So yeah. we, we saw that eye to eye. That's a, you know, maybe they slide into the seventh seat or they compete with it. Get, yeah. get that guy at 60 to one. So I'm also looking at situations like that. I bet on him. I bet on Doug Peterson at I think 30 to one for, for this, for similar reasons, because like Evan said, Trevor Lawrence is actually an interesting MVP long shot. And if he does well, but he doesn't, their Jaguars aren't good enough to be the top team in the AFC. Doug Peterson's in a pretty good position to compete for the award as well. But because um, you're right, when you look at the odds, like Brandon Staley, for instance, is the favorite pretty much at every sports book. They mm-hmm. won nine games last year. They're expected to be good. So he's probably not in a position to win the award unless they win 16 games or so. You know? So one team I'm going to be monitoring is Minnesota, Kevin O'Connell. Um, they start the season at home against Green Bay. And then they had to fill you in week two. So I'm going to probably stay away until then. And then maybe think about jumping on if they start one and one. He ends up like 30 to one after that because their schedule is pretty manage- manageable from that point on. Uh, favorite in this market, as Ryan mentioned, is Brandon Staley, Nathaniel Hackett, Mike McDaniel, Kyle Shanahan, Kevin Stefanski, Josh McDaniels, Sean McDermott. Those are the top picks there. And yeah, you know, we talked a couple times on the podcast. The Dan Campbell stuff at 60 to one is, is long gone now. That's like the exact kind of thing that I'm looking for. Everybody in the national media assumes the Lions are just total dust. They only have to win like 10 games or 11 games for Dan Campbell to get consideration. You start to ask for a lot more when you're asking for like Nathaniel Hackett, who might have to win 12, 13 games or something like that. Mm-hmm. Evan, any thoughts on the on the Kevin O'Connell or anything else at Coach of the Year? No, I like the Kevin O'Connell one. I, I like the way that they're building in Minnesota too. Um Kevin O'Connell has a past relationship with Kirk Cousins, so I think that should go smoothly from like a schematic standpoint. We could see Justin Jefferson take a really big leap. We saw some good stuff from K.J. Osborne uh, last year, and Adam Thielen might, might be fading, although it sounds like Leone and, and Amico think that he could have a bounce-back year, which I think is interesting. Um, um, go yeah. ahead. Go, no, go ahead. I was going to bring up another uh, Daniel Jones-related piece. I, forget about Daniel Jones. Isn't Brian Dable like straight up one of the best coaches in the league? Just like yeah. straight yeah. up. Yeah. So regardless of who's on his team, like I-, I think Brian Dable really knows what he's doing. Will the Giants be good enough for Dable to win it? I don't know, but I really think Brian Dable knows what yeah. he's doing. And now that I look at Ryan, Ryan and, and Dable kind of look alike a little bit. <laughs> now that well, I'm Ryan, Ryan is also a, a Giants yeah. fan or like a, a, a self-hating Giants fan. Yeah, right? self a self-loathing <laughs> Giants yeah. fan. Yeah, maybe you should comment on that then, Ryan. What I don't know, I, don't, I doubt twenty. There's probably better than twenty to one out there on Dable, but yeah, what do you think about that? No, Dable, I agree with you. Um, especially if we're, maybe we'll get into this later, but if you look at the comeback of the year race, comeback player of the year race, Daniel Jones is seven to one or so. Dable's between 14 to one and 21 for coach of the year. I think if you're bullish on the Giants and Dable, which again, as a Giants fan, I'm happy about the coach they've hired for the first time in a very long time. Yeah. He at least has a plan, you know? So I think that's, I think that's very reasonable. He'd be in my top five considerations right now. He's someone I'm monitoring currently. One thing that I think Ryan does a good job of is understanding the schedule. So the Giants have, again, just like last year, have a very difficult opening stretch. So maybe there's a chance that, like, if you want to bet Giant stuff, you wait till they start one and two or one and three, and you can get some really long prices then. What do you think about that, Ryan? I love it. I do. That's yeah. that's why we do 
to my column in season looking for stuff like that yeah exactly and yeah ryan's column in season highlights the schedule stuff and to be clear the giants start at tennessee versus carolina versus the cowboys versus actually it's pretty soft at tennessee versus the panthers versus the cowboys versus the bears at packers versus ravens um yeah it sounds like now's the time to bet day ball yeah now that i'm looking at it, i don't know why i thought they had a tough early start they have a pretty soft I know the Jets have been like the number one most bet uh, Super Bowl team, uh, like, you know, obviously relative to the odds uh, in in Vegas, or I think David Wayne Purdom had that. Mm -hmm. Robert Sali at 28 uh, plus 28 to one. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Matt LaFleur almost won coach of the year last year. He's at 22 to one behind some guys that it's kind of strange that he's behind. Mm -hmm. Um, And then John Harbaugh at, at 25 to one too. Yeah. One thing on the on LaFleur is like, oh, they lost Devonta Adams. Look at what a great job LaFleur did keeping this pass game exactly. together. When in fact we know it's Aaron Rodgers anyway. You, you can sort of try to like forecast a, a narrative and then yeah. kind of, you know, build bets around it. And, and to be clear, this is not scientific. Like the voting is done by media members. And like we know a lot of media members, they're not that sharp, a lot of them. And like they're just like blasting on narratives, you know? So like it, whatever narrative, you know, we have to get into the head of the voters. It's not who's actually the MVP, who's actually the best coach. It's who the people will vote for, and that's a big difference. Agreed completely. Let me let me throw something in the mix too on Coach of the Year. In each of the last two years, the the race was essentially decided in the last week of the year. Mm-hmm. Where last year, if the Bengals play their starters in Week 17, that race might have been closer between Zach Taylor and Mike Vrabel. The year before, if Mike Tomlin plays his starters against against, I think it was Cleveland or Stefanski won, and the Steelers win that game, he might have been Coach of the Year. Mm-hmm. So that's something I'll be keeping my eye on this year too. Yeah, I had big bets last year. I was mostly in on Brandon Staley to be coach of the year last year. It was frustrating the way that went down the stretch, but I do think I got it in good there, even though he didn't win it. Um, Okay, offensive rookie of the year. I actually tweeted about this uh, a couple days ago. Uh, Matt Corral has a path to start a lot of games. I mean, Sam Darnold is broken. I don't think that they want to take on Baker's contract, and Cleveland's refusing to at least for now, refusing to take on part of that contract or a big part of that contract. We'll see what happens with Jimmy Garoppolo. But assuming there's no Garoppolo and there's no Baker, I mean, Corral could start like 12, 13 games. I mean, Darnold feels broken to me. And if you can get a rookie quarterback starting 12 Darnold could be out of there like at the the half of game one. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, Matt Rule cannot afford to like go down with the ship on Darnold. He's going to end up getting canned. And so you can still get 30 to one, I believe, Ryan out there on on Matt Corral. Now, I don't think that quarterback is necessarily like um, the position for offensive rookie of the year. Running backs obviously have like the easiest path to adjust. So I'm not like quarterback biased in this market, but I do think if Corral starts 12 games and can win like seven or eight of them, which is probably asking a lot, but I do think 30 to one is interesting on him. What do you think about him and any other offensive rookie of the year stuff? Yeah. Unlike last year, last year was a lot, there was a lot of premium candidates. It was five first round quarterbacks. There was, Two receipt, two three pass catchers taken in the first six picks. So there was a lot of lot of competition last year. Where this year, only one first round quarterback. I I've been on Brees Hall already. I got him at eleven to one. He's eight to one now. Mm-hmm. I might double down on that in season because the Jets start with a, a kind of a difficult run in the beginning of the year. But one of the things that intrigues me about Corral is, like you said, Matt Rule. They're going to pull the plug on Darnold quickly because he kind of has to save his job. You know. Uh Corral's skill set kind of meshes with what Ben McAdoo wants out of a quarterback from a talent perspective, too. So I think he also – you don't even have to have a good record if you're a quarterback. To Sam Bradford, years and years ago, I think he won three or four games and he won rookie of the year. Yeah, that's right. Uh, 
So the competition level is soft in this in this race. Him being at thirty to one and having a real path, I'd, I'd even say Matt Flynn and Russell Wilson. I wouldn't compare Matt, Matt Corral to Russell Wilson, but Sam Darnold is kind of an equivalent to Matt Flynn, where he's a very beatable guy. Where if Corral has a great August, maybe he even starts on opening. Day. Yeah, certainly possible. Um, the favorite in this market, Evan, is Kenny Pickett. Yeah. Then Drake London, Traylon Burks, Christian Watson. I do not like really any of those at those prices. Brees Hall, as Ryan mentioned, you know, uh, nine to one is pretty good on, on Brees Hall, especially if you think the Jets are going to be a pretty good team. Other one that stuck out to me, Evan, was Sky Moore, but he's only 10 to one. Yeah. You know, but if he can somehow become the number one receiver for Patrick Mahomes, which I don't think is like the craziest thing in the world, I'd be like, I'd like to get better than 10 to one on that, though. Any other offensive rookie of the year thoughts? Evan. I'm just looking here at Damian Pierce, who I was talking about taking him at 55 to one. It was or 50, 50 to one on DraftKings when yeah. I took it. I know it was 66 to one on Bambi, but um, <laughs> Damian, but Damian Pierce is now 20 to one on uh, on DraftKings. Yeah, we yeah. we tweeted about that when we took it, yeah. and so uh, and so that one got hammered. If, yeah. if I was going to go for a, a longer shot, Tyler Allgaier from the Falcons, the big yeah. back that the Falcons uh, drafted, he can catch. And, um, you know, right now, Cordero Patterson is at the top of the depth chart. And I know Damian Williams is there, but like Damian Williams, like he could get cut, you know. Um, and then Tyler Algar, I mean, right after they drafted him, they chopped Mike Davis. So I, I think they feel good about him. I think that he could be like the Arthur Smith's like low rent uh, Derrick Henry or, you know, kind of envisions him as being like a power back and a tone setter uh, for the off for the offense. One guy that I want to mention in this race, Ryan, I don't know if you looked at David Bell at all. I just think if Deshaun Watson avoids suspension and David Bell starts, which I think is actually kind of likely, I mean, that's pretty nice, man. And you can get 35 to one on DraftKings. There might be better prices out there. Any thoughts on that and any other offensive rookie of the year thoughts, Ryan? No, in general, I think this is a very good year for long shots. I think Pierce is sharp. I think the Falcons run are sharp too. And yeah, David Bell, that's the that's a great landing spot for him because he has a very clear path path of playing time, you know. Yeah. Where the the first round rookies, if Jamison Williams was healthy, I'd be I'd be real excited about him. But otherwise, none of those guys' landing spots really, really, you know. I'm not I'm not crazy about any of their prices either. So I do I do like Bell at thirty five one. Yeah, I mean they're just the guys who went in the first round. I think are fine, and the landing spots are fine. But the prices are so short, you know. I yeah. mean you're asking you're asking a lot of these guys to get there at seven to one or eight to one. That's really not. Good enough. Evan, any other offensive rookie of the year thoughts before we move on here? No, I like that you brought up David Bell, though. Um, some some smart people that uh, I talked to about this kind of stuff, they they brought up David Bell as well. The path to claim, playing time is clear, as Ryan said, and the quarterback play could really, really take off this year if Deshaun Watson is you know cleared to play earlier or sooner rather than later. Two other guys I got to mention here. I know people love the 100 to 1 shots. 100 to 1 on Brian Robinson. I, the the football team or commanders or whatever they're called like clearly don't like Antonio Gibson very much. And I I'm not in love with Brian Robinson. I don't think he's that good or or whatever. But man, I mean, if Antonio Gibson gets hurt or Antonio Gibson gets demoted, Brian Robinson could get a lot of carries at 100 to 1. And then the other one is Wandale. And we talked about I don't like guys who weigh 175 pounds in the NFL. He's going to play like the Cole Beasley role where they drafted him. He's going to play the Cole Beasley role for Brian Dable. And, you know, I, I could see Wandale catching a bunch of passes in like a ceiling outcome and at least having a shot. He's 70 to one on DraftKings. Let's go to comeback player of the year. I actually hit this one last year, Ryan. I think we all did with Joe Burrow, um, our king, Joe Burrow. 
he won comeback player of the year last year. It's hard to know what like the voters define as comeback. Like, do you have to be hurt the previous year? Do you just have to be bad the previous year? Like, what does it take to be the comeback player of the year? Do you think, Ryan? It can be either. It's usually coming back from an injury. You know, sometimes like Michael Vick, for instance, one after returning from prison. So there, that's like an outlier one. Uh, but usually it's coming back from an injury. I think there's a lot of like last year we had Dak and we had Joe Burrow that were like head and shoulders above everyone else yeah. in the class. Um, a running back hasn't won comeback player of the worst since Garrison Hurst. So Derrick Henry is in a good position. But again, running backs haven't won the award in a very long time. Yeah. So out of the Derrick Henry's the, fav- Henry the favorite, by the way. Yeah. I don't think voters are going to vote for Deshaun Watson for this award. Personally, I I think that's basically off the table. So Jameis Winston's kind of interesting. His price isn't, I'm not real happy about his, his price at seven to one, but he has both. He has the injury from last year and he's kind of reclaiming himself as an NFL starter where he got a shot last year, but it didn't last very long. So I think he double dips on that. The saints are a solid team where Marcus Mariota could end up seeding snaps to Desmond Ritter. Uh, Trubisky could end up seeding snaps to Pickett, and Daniel Jones is the other one. So I think Winston and Daniel Jones are the two guys that are set to play for the whole year unless they get hurt at least. It, it was so ridiculous last year. I, I tweeted about Joe Burrow and betting on him to be comeback player of the year, and there were all these people in my mentions arguing about whose injury was more gruesome, Dax or Joe Burrow. Like That's what they were basing like their their opinion on. Like, But Dax's injury was so much grosser, man. You know, It was like they're both coming off uh, season-long injuries, period. So, yeah, I just want to put that out there. Christian McCaffrey, by the way, I know you said running back rarely wins this award, but Christian McCaffrey is kind of an outlier where people are aware of how good he is. He's plus 750 on DraftKings. Totally agree with you on Deshaun Watson just being like, I can't believe he's 5-1. to one. He's the second choice. And by the way, the top choices are Derek on DraftKings, Derek Henry, 3-1, to one, Deshaun Watson, 5-1, to one, Jameis, plus 550, Michael Thomas, 6-1, to one, then CMC, 7.5-1. to one. There's no way that the media is voting for Deshaun Watson. Absolutely. What what did he come back from being being on the sideline because because he's in trouble with the law? I mean, you can't vote for that guy. I can't believe he's five to one. So yeah, I would definitely throw that out. Derrick Henry three to one would be too short for me. I'm not seeing a lot of great prices here. Is the problem, Evan? Any thoughts on uh, comeback player of the year? No, but I have a good one for uh, defensive rookie of the year. Okay. Um, are we gonna do? Are we gonna do that one? We weren't planning on it, but we're more than welcome to. Okay. Actually, let me before we go to defense yeah. right here, let me give one for comeback player of the year while we're yeah, here. Do it. And then we can move on. Okay. I don't know how bad Robert Woods' injury is. Mm. I just think he could be the number one receiver on a good team, which may be forced to throw more this year. So I'll throw Robert Woods at 12 to 1 out there. I wish it was like 20 to 1 or 25 to 1. I'm not even sure I would bet it at 12 to 1, but that was just one that stuck out to me where people are just kind of glossing over Robert Woods because they think he's hurt and Traylon Burks is whatever. Robert Woods is a very, very, very good player. Also, J.K. Dobbins, 10 to 1. Ravens are going to run the crap out of the ball this year, man. And J.K. Dobbins is going to be very, very efficient. So anyways, that's my last two takes there on comeback player of the year. How is Dan Arnold posted? <laughs> There's some weird names on there, man. There are some weird <laughs> names, man. Darren right. Henderson's on there. <laughs> yeah, oh, what? Yeah, the people out, making out. these, they, they should hire us to make these markets. If you guys, <laughs> if, you, if you're at DraftKings and you need someone else to make these markets for the right price, we can do it. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick? Yeah. He's not uh, even on a team. 
<laughs> um, okay, defensive rookie of the year. I didn't even really look at this because I obviously don't know the defensive players nearly as well as Evan does. But but Evan, go ahead on defensive uh, rookie of the year. The I just favorite, have like a, a, a super long shot. You know, okay, the um, favorite is Aiden Hutchinson at four and a half to one. Then Kayvon Thibodeau five to one. Trayvon Walker, Quay Walker. Basically, all the edge guys are the favorites right now. There's like Steph from half court, you know. Um, although actually, no, he, yeah. he's got a much better chance. Um, <laughs> Sam Williams, Cowboys second round pick. They love this dude. I mean, Brian Broadus, as we talked about in, on one of the previous shows, like he knew that the Cowboys were going to take Sam Williams, like in second round. Sam Williams, if you go to Bob McGinn's, um, like scout based rankings, uh, of edge players entering the draft, he wasn't even in the top 15. The Cowboys still took him in the second round. They love this guy. They lost Randy Gregory in free agency. All Sam Williams has to beat out is Dorrance Armstrong to start op- opposite of Demarcus Lawrence. There's a ton of talent on that defense that is going to require a ton of attention from offenses. I think Sam Williams could, you know, rack up nine sacks and be defensive rookie of the year, like no problem. Mm. 100 to 1, another 100, 100 to, to 1 ball. Yeah. Um, Micah Parsons was, of course, the defensive rookie of the year last year, just absolutely dominant. I thought Micah Parsons was good enough to be the, the defensive player of the year. Forget about rookie, just like defensive player of the year. Ryan, do you look at this defensive rookie of the year market at all? And any thoughts there? Yeah. Usually, if there's a high end pass rusher, they usually win, you know, yeah. like Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa. So Hutchinson or Thibodeau were probably, and, you know, we can throw Walker in there too, even though I don't. I think most people think he should have been the first overall pick, but he was. So there's three of those three of those guys to beat. That would be my main concern with betting on this market this season, which is why I'm probably going to pass on it in general. Okay, yeah, for sure. I mean, if those guys, if if one of those big guys racks up ten sacks, like they're going to win it, you know, yeah. because name value. I mean, nobody knows who Sam Williams is. Everybody obviously knows Hutchinson and Thibodeau and Walker. All right, this was fun. I'm going to go bet some of this stuff. Actually, actually, no, I'm going to let this pod. I'll get released before I bet it because I don't want to mess up the market for everyone. So, um, yeah, you guys go out there and bet it. Appreciate you all for being here. Ryan, continue to follow his work on the awards market. I really do think it's one of the softest markets, one we can beat. And by the way, as soon as we get down with this pod, very exciting time, we're going to start. I think we're going to start betting some season-long props. If you have DraftKit Pro, you need to be in the Discord. We'll be betting some season-long props. Last year was just ridiculous fun with those. We'll see how it goes this year. But yeah, definitely another extremely soft market. Four. Evan. Four. Ryan. For Producer Luke. I'm Adam. Good luck, everybody.